Sorry about that. I think that was me switching on my microphone that made. Um, let's uh, just bow our heads for a little moment. You alone are my strength, my shield. For so much of this year, we have felt so vulnerable, so weak, so small, so afraid. Everything seemed just so scary every time we read the news or switched on our phones or watched TV. Lord, may you increase in us once again that sense of you as our strength and our shield. Take away our fear. Fill us instead with love, with joy, with hope, and with trust in you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, something amazing, almost completely unexpected, happened last year. Um, I know there was a global pandemic and everything, and the whole world nearly stopped and civilization nearly crumbled. But something even more unexpected than that happened. Susan Bennett joined Twitter. And that was after years of saying never, never uh, resisting at all possible uh, opportunities. Who is on Twitter in church here this morning? One or two. Facebook? A few more. Uh, Insta? Oh, only the trendies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Susan always said she would never do it. And then when she finally joined, um, we now have this thing that almost every day she'll rush over to me at some stage and say, you have to see this, you have to see this. And she's actually really good at finding really good and interesting and funny stuff on Twitter. So I thought I'd show you a few of them. Uh, she rushed in uh, one day and said to me, oh, you have to see this. This young guy rescues a sheep that it got stuck in a ditch. So he manages to pull it out and the sheep is so happy, it runs away. Whee! Oh. <laughs> and he has to start all over again. Uh, or she rushed in another day, you have to see this. This is a cat showing you, this is what we're all like at the end of a Zoom call. We all have that, you know, when everyone, all the boxes are disappearing and you sort of do the, bye, 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 bye. Is it over yet? No, no, it's not over yet. Bye, bye. So the cat is the perfect example of what it's like to try and uh, finish a Zoom call. Or there was this brilliant picture of a cat poking its head out from behind the uh, monitor screen at exactly the right moment. Um, or this one. Uh, there's a whole Twitter, uh, Twitter feed called People Selling Mirrors. Because when people take a photo of a mirror to put on Gumtree or eBay, they often forget that they are in the, the, the picture of the mirror, so uh, one guy holding the mirror and somebody else <laughs> accidentally in the photo. Uh, or I love this one. This is a little story, uh, a sort of story of resilience for the, for the digital age. Uh, someone got a message that says, I am here for you. Thanks. I'm going through a lot, a tough time, so that means a lot. But sorry, I've lost all my contact. contact. Who is this? Uh, this is your Uber driver. I'm here to pick you up. Uh, and this one, uh, this might uh, just have a... Have a little resonance as we all plan our summers. My travel plans 2021. Expectations for the dish rack uh, reality. But one of the things, um, if you are often on Twitter, one of the things that you'll often notice, it almost became the meme of 2020, was this idea of how it started, 
how it's going. Did anybody see any of these posts? So the idea is that there's always two photographs. How it started is maybe um, you know when you were a child or you had a dream or you were kind of practicing something, and then the how it's going. It's usually a way of showing off, isn't it? It's usually saying I might have dreamed of being a footballer or a great sports person. How it started and how it's going. The picture is always the same person, often in the same pose, but showing all that has kind of happened and all the ways that their lives have been transformed in the meantime. I love this one astronaut who as a child used to have a cardboard box space shuttle to play with how it started and how it's going someone who always dreamed of being a pilot and had their little homemade uh, pilot seat how it started and how it's going even big companies have got in on the act so mercedes-benz uh, tweeted this one how it started and how it's going and even world leaders have got in on the act on inauguration day dr jill biden uh, tweeted this, how it started. That's a picture of, uh, of her and Joe on one of their first dates as a young curtain couple, and then how it's going as they made their way uh, towards inauguration. So how it started and how it's going, the idea always is that there are two snapshots um, and it's almost exactly the same person in the same pose, often in the same place, but that in between them, there has been some time and there has been some transformation so that they are two completely different pictures in some ways you can really see the change there's no point of posting exactly the same photo twice you don't know how it started me sitting on the sofa eating crisps how it's going me still sitting on the sofa eating crisps nobody would be excited by that you usually post one of these how it started how it's going pictures to kind of say isn't this awesome? You do it to celebrate, to show off maybe, or to just be thankful for something that started as a dream or a hope or an intention is actually happening. How it started and how it's going. Now, as Adrian said, we are looking at one particular person today, and it's a lady called Lydia. And it really struck me in the entire Bible, Lydia appears in Acts chapter 16, but really all we have of Lydia are two snapshots. There's just two very brief moments when we meet her. In fact, there's only four verses altogether. We first of all meet her in Acts chapter 16, verses 13 to 15 find out a little bit about how it started and then we bump into her again for one more verse in Acts chapter 40 and find out how it's going. Now Lydia is someone that we meet and um, this is the whole process of the early church and um, Adrian was telling us last week how they started to kind of break free from this quite small geographical area and this quite sort of tight cultural group. They started to spread out over all the world beyond the map as they would have seen it out to the here be dragons areas where uh, everything the culture and the geography and everything was completely unknown and so we're following Paul and Silas who are spreading the story of Jesus out far beyond the boundaries far far from Jerusalem in fact they're way into Europe now they've arrived in Philippi which is in modern day Greece uh, which is a Roman colony so in every way, they are outside their comfort zone, but they're hoping to meet some people who might be receptive to the message of Jesus that they bring. So they meet this lady called Lydia, and let's have our first snapshot. Let's see how it started. Uh, and to read our story of Lydia this morning, there really was only one person who could do it, isn't it? Uh, our very own Lydia Carson. The reading is from Acts chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 13. 
The reading is from Acts chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira, named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. <clears throat> The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me as a believer to, in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Now, um, interesting to see, this is uh, all part of Paul and Silas's um kind of mission at this point is to kind of go looking for these people who have heard of God. So it tells us Lydia was a worshipper of God. She maybe knew the Old Testament. She knew the story so far. And yet, like many others, she still thought the Messiah was yet to come. She was still hoping for God to come and visit his people. And so the message that Paul and Silas were bringing was that the Messiah had come. They got to tell these people, this Messiah that you're waiting for, his name is Jesus. He was born, he lived, he died, he rose again, and they got to share the amazing story of Jesus with these people. And Lydia, we're told, received uh, this message uh, obviously it made a massive impact on her. She was baptized. She kind of uh, decided to become a follower of this Jesus, but it didn't just stop with her. Uh, we're told that she shared the news with her whole household. So they were all baptized as well. And then she shared her household with Paul and Silas. You heard there that she says to the two apostles, come and stay and uh, you can use this as your base of operations. So the whole, um, how it started with Lydia is that she hears the good news about Jesus. She responds to it herself. She shares her response with her family, with her household, and then she shares her house with others. So it obviously um, is quite a, quite a kind of a major impact on her life. Now, at this point, so you know, between the first snapshot and the second snapshot in the how it started, how it's going, there's always a little bit of time and a little bit of transformation. That's what leads from one picture to the other. And in those 23 verses, between verse 16 and verse 39 of Acts chapter 16, it's almost like there's two parallel timelines going on. There's one that we hear all about and that's what happens next to Paul and Silas and then there's what happens to Lydia to bring her to her second snapshot so just to kind of give you the quick kind of cliff notes version of all that happens to Paul and Silas in between those two snapshots oh my goodness it's all pretty dramatic they come across this fortune teller and they have a bit of a sort of a, a kind of contretemps with her uh, and then Paul casts out the spirit from the fortune teller uh, so there's an exorcism but then the slave owners who were the owners of the fortune teller get very angry about that so they get Paul and Silas thrown into prison and they are beaten savagely with rods and they end up thrown into this prison cell but then as they're singing hymns in the middle of the night in their prison cell there is an earthquake and everyone's chains burst and the bars of the prison are broken and everyone is free and the 
prison guard rushes in and he's so despairing at the thought that all of these prisoners have escaped that he's about to take his sword and take his own life but then Paul rushes over to him and says don't worry we haven't escaped we're all still here and so the guard is so relieved and so delighted that not only does he not take his sword but he actually becomes a Christian and he then goes and all of his uh, household become Christians as well and they're all baptized uh, and at the end of it after being thrown in prison Paul actually uh, ends up being escorted from the city of Philippi by all of the magistrates and the officials who had thrown him into the prison in the first place oh, so 23 verses of drama and excitement and exorcisms and prisons and beatings and earthquakes and salvations ah, so exhausting just reading about it and you kind of want to almost say well done guys that's all very very exciting all very good stuff paul and silas doing paul and silas type stuff however what really interests me is that while all that drama was happening to paul and silas something must have been happening to Lydia as well because listen to what the second snapshot of verse 40 uh, tells us um, at the end of that, that story. After Paul and Silas came to Lydia's house, where they met the brothers and sisters and encouraged them, then they left. This is the word of the Lord. for the very first time because here's how that uh, letter starts Paul to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus 
at Philippi. Just imagine Paul remembering them, remembering Lydia and thinking of them all as he writes this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. From the first day until now, he who began will carry it on to completion. How it started, how it's going. This sense that something that began in those little encounters, those little snapshots back in Philippi at the start of the story is growing and growing into something amazing as time goes on. He who begun a good work in you will carry it to completion. Now the journey of um, Lydia between those two snapshots, the journey from how it started, the dealer of purple cloth gathering down at the river and meeting this man Paul and hearing these stories of this person called Jesus, that's how it started, that was snapshot one. And the journey from there to the how it's going to Lydia as the leader and gatherer of one of the most vibrant early churches in the whole of Europe. That is a journey. Well, that's a really interesting journey. But the uh, fascinating thing about it is that we sort of have to um, kind of intuit it. We have to uh, kind of write around the margins. Uh, imagine around the edges because the story that's told between those two snapshots is the exciting dramatic earthquake filled story of Paul and Silas and so we have to kind of join the dots uh, in order to figure out what must have been going on with Lydia between those two snapshots so what do we make of that what do we make of the fact that there's this one very dramatic story that's told and there's this other really interesting story which is there on the margins well, two things, and we'll finish with these two things. One encouragement and one challenge. Now, the encouragement, first of all, so as I say, there's a, uh, there's a kind of dramatic Loki story, can we say that? <laughs> Full of salvations and earthquakes and lightning bolts. The story that's told, uh, and then the story of Lydia that we kind of have to fill in for ourselves. And I guess... Uh, um, I guess the Bible sometimes tends towards the Pauls and Silas's. Isn't that just the, um, I guess, inevitable? That the dramatic stories, the, uh, the kind of the very striking stories, they are the ones that get written down. And in the modern church as well, those very dramatic stories and exciting stories with miracles and earthquakes and transformations, those are the stories that sometimes get a lot of airspace in our churches and in our Christian world as well, don't they? But I just think it's the other kind of stories, that kind of untold, quieter, softer story, like the story of Lydia. Lydia's story is the foundation of the church in Philippi, and stories like Lydia's are the foundation of our churches today. Stories like Lydia's are the hope of the world because often the dramatic sudden kind of very kind of uh, exciting stories you know those things uh, can be 
fascinating and frightening and interesting and exciting in the moment. But sometimes, if you're kind of addicted to that kind of drama, sometimes those the changes that really happen uh, in those kind of stories can be short-lived. Real transformation takes time. It's much more often slow and subtle and patient. And it doesn't look dramatic and it doesn't lead to a kind of a all singing, all dancing, flashing lights kind of testimony. Depth takes time. It deepens like a coastal shelf. Accepting God into your life can happen in a moment in a simple prayer. And it might look dramatic or it might look very undramatic indeed. But letting God change and mold and shape you can take a lifetime. And sometimes the story isn't all that dramatic. And sometimes when you look at it, it doesn't look like it makes for uh, it would make for a, uh, an exciting movie with a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Sometimes it just takes time. And that's the encouragement to all those of us who sometimes feel, and this can sometimes happen, that we're on a sort of a, a, a second tier of the Christian world because we don't have a rags to riches. I was in the gutter and then, a, you know, a, a beam from the sky and, oh, uh, you know, clouds of uh, voices of angels. When we don't have a, a, a kind of a story like that, uh, like Paul and Silas's, we kind of feel like we're on a sort of a, a second tier, a second level. Uh, and I think the story of Lydia is a little encouragement to remember that sometimes the really important things and the really deep things take time uh, and they're a little bit quieter and softer as the story makes its way through. And the second thing that really um, not just encourages me but challenges me about this story of Paul and Silas and Lydia is that if we are serious about all of this, about this whole being a Christian thing, we should be able to see a change between the, the snapshots, between how it started and how it's going. As I said, nobody posts those photos on Twitter if the photo is just exactly the same, if, uh, if nothing has kind of happened at all. Uh, and I guess it's the same for us if we really believe that the God who changes lives is at work in our lives and in our church, then somehow, in some way, we should be able to see a, a, a change, a transformation between the two pictures, how it started and how it's going. So I ask myself tough questions. Uh, I look back to how it started to uh, back in my teenage years when I was uh, just starting to uh, hear about and understand and follow this Jesus person for the first time. And I ask myself, am I more loving? Am I more patient? Am I more generous? Am I more worshipful uh, than I was all of those years ago? I look at myself this time a year ago when uh, the first lockdown was still happening and I think well you know what how many prayers have I prayed and how much have I been following God in the years since then and can I see a difference uh, do I trust God more than I did a year ago have I allowed his Holy Spirit to keep chipping away at all my uh, rough edges and jagged corners uh, to melt some of my prejudices um, are my heart and my mind being transformed so that they are more like Jesus? Is there a difference between how I started and how I'm going? Is there a journey between the two snapshots? And if, uh, like Lydia, if I just popped up 
briefly in someone else's story uh, at the start and then at the end. Uh, you know, if you just kind of briefly got two quick snapshots of Chris Bennett from a few years ago and from today, would there be a change between the two snapshots? And not just a change of circumstances, not just that I'm living in a different place or doing a different job or something kind of surface like that. Would there be a change in the snapshots of who I am? And would there be evidence of me allowing God to keep changing me and molding me and reshaping me in the meantime and during the journey? So I'm going to finish with one more little clip uh, because today is actually an anniversary. A hundred, well, actually, it's tomorrow to be absolutely honest. Um, but a hundred years ago tomorrow, we lit our hundredth daily candle. And some of you might not know what that is, but for all of those of you who uh, a year and a bit ago uh, were lighting our daily candles every year, that was our little rhythm through the heart of lockdown. And this time a year ago, mark that day when we hit our hundredth candle, lit our hundredth candle, and also mark that day where we sort of felt that we were kind of moving into a new season where restrictions were relaxing. And so uh, we were able to, to stop lighting them every day because we were out and about doing more things. And I want you to watch this with that little sense again of um, how it started and how it's going. Because um, it's evidence, these candles are evidence that stories like Lydia's happen to us, to us today in Beaver, not necessarily the earthquakes and fireworks and dramatic stories, but the slow, beautiful deepening of friendships and connections. And um, they happen to us. The how it started and the how it's going of the 100 daily candles were completely different snapshots. When it started with candle number one, back in March 2020, we were we were afraid, we were lonely, we felt isolated, we were all alone in the dark. And then by daily candle number 100, uh, all those days later, how it started and how it's going were two completely different worlds. So, how it began.
So how it started and how it's going. We were scattered and we are together. We were afraid and now we have hope and confidence. We were alone and now we are community. Lord God, we long for you to keep working these changes in our lives. May we never be stuck. May the snapshots of who we are never be trapped with uh, no, no transformation, no improvement, no softening of our hearts, no filling of our minds. We long to keep changing and becoming more like you. How it started and how it's going. It's all for Jesus.